Greetings and welcome to the Redeeming Love Bible Broadcast. My name is Phil Duddy, Evangelist with Grace Baptist Tabernacle of King, North Carolina. Happy to have you with me on the program today as we continue on in a series that we started last time having to do with Jesus, the demonic, and salvation. We're going to continue it today and uh, continue it across the next few broadcasts. Um, as we do, please do feel free to reach out to us at redeemingthelost at iCloud.com. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear what the Lord's doing in your life and how we can pray for you specifically. Redeemingthelost at iCloud.com. Uh, so as we uh, jump back into the scriptures today, we're going to be in the Gospel of John starting at verse 44. Uh, just two verses to start out with today. Gospel of John starting at verse 44. The Word of God reads this way. No man can come to me. Except the Father which has sent me draw him, and I will raise him up at the last day. It is written in the prophets, and they shall all be taught of God. Every man therefore that hath heard, and hath learned of the Father, cometh unto me. Now this is Jesus speaking. He is right in the middle of a major section of teaching uh, that's recorded in the Gospel of John here. And uh, we've got a lot of truth about salvation uh, revealed just in these two verses, and we want to zero in on that today. Uh, we need to get it established that salvation itself is a work of God. How does that play out in these verses? Um, John 6.44, the Father draws. John 6.45, God teaches. Um, uh, the Father initiates this process of drawing someone who is lost, drawing someone who is dying, drawing someone who is bound up in their sin, drawing someone um, who needs salvation. He draws some people who need salvation. God starts drawing them to salvation. Salvation from what? Salvation from hell itself. Salvation from the wrath of God. Salvation from condemnation uh, due to sin. And so God being not willing that any should perish, God who takes no pleasure in the death of the wicked, he actually acts on that. He actually acts um, in love toward people who are lost, toward people who are dying, toward people who are bound up in their sin. And God starts drawing them to this thing called salvation. And he starts drawing them specifically to Jesus. Um. You know, what, what does Jesus say today? No man can come to me except the Father which has sent me draw him, and I will raise him up at the last day. No man can come unto me. So, um, you know, this is why I say um, uh, people cannot just wake up one morning and decide, okay, um, uh, now I'm going to be a Christian. Okay, I'm going to, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to declare myself uh, that I am a Christian. Um, you know, Jesus says, you know, accept the Father which has sent me, draw him. No man can come unto me. Um, because there is this reality that we are bound up in sin. Uh, we are bound up um, in, in you know, um, and as we're going to continue on with the series, um, uh, in a lot of ways, um, people are demonically bound. And so there has to be this work of God this drawing work of God that goes on. And it is not some sort of um, hokey, super mystical, weird sort of thing that goes on. Uh, keep on listening. We're going to get into exactly what this is. Um, you know, 645 starts to get into that very thing. It is written in the prophets, and they shall be all taught of God. Again, God initiates this teaching. Every man, therefore, that hath heard 
and hath learned of the Father, cometh unto me, cometh unto Jesus. He's the one speaking here. And so there's this teaching that goes on. And through the teaching, God himself starts to supernaturally move on somebody at the deepest levels. Um, you know, it starts to move on the spirit of a person and starts to reveal the fact that there is lostness, that starts to reveal the fact that there is sin, starts to reveal the fact that this person is under the condemnation of God, starts to reveal the fact that God loves this person and that there is a Savior and that his name is Jesus. And God starts drawing this person out of sin, starts drawing this person out of death, starts drawing this person out of spiritual darkness and spiritual deadness and starts drawing this person to Jesus who is the light of the world, who is the resurrection, who is the life, who is the Savior. And so God's going to start drawing you, lost man, lost woman, lost child, through the foolishness of preaching, through the foolishness of preaching from somebody who is part of the church preaching the word of God, teaching the word of God, the spirit of God starts moving through this preaching, starts moving through this teaching to get to you, to get to you, to get to your heart, to get to your spirit, to get to your soul, and starts drawing you out of the spiritual death that you are in, starts drawing you out of the sin that has you bound up, starts drawing you out of death and into life, starts drawing you out from under the condemnation of God to the Savior, to Jesus, who is mighty to save, who became your sin, who died your death, who went to hell, who took all the hell that you deserve. Amen and hallelujah. You see, I mean, you can say Jesus went to hell. He took all the hell that you deserve. He took it on himself and he rose up from the dead he presented his precious blood on the heavenly mercy seat, made an offering acceptable to God for once for all, one time for all humanity, past, present, and future, and sat down at the right hand of God. Hallelujah and amen. And he's the one who's coming again. Uh, this Jesus is mighty to save you. And so the Father draws people to Jesus and this is going to be how he does it, through the Spirit-filled church. Um, again, like I said a few minutes ago, this is not some sort of really hokey, weird, uh, cuckoo, um, you know, weird mystical type of a thing, um, you know, and sort of, you know, sort of the weird mysticism. It is a very supernatural thing, though. It is a move of the Spirit. And so, um, you know, some may say, well, there is some mysticism involved here. There's some very appropriate mysticism involved. This is a move of God. It is a miracle. It is a supernatural move of God. Whenever any lost and dying sinner responds to the drawing of God with faith, with belief, and God does this supernatural God miracle in this person's life, and all of a sudden they're born again. All of a sudden they're forgiven. All of a sudden the Spirit indwells them. All of a sudden, all thing, old things are passed away and all things are made new. All of a sudden, this person who was one way is now a different way, is now a different creation through the work of God. 
And friend, that's why I say salvation is a miracle. Uh, but but how does it work here? Um, there's some, there's a lot that God wants us to see here. The Father draws people to Jesus through the Spirit-filled church. And so God draws people to Jesus, who is the Savior, through the church, which is composed of people who are filled with the Holy Spirit. Um, you know, just a few verses here. Uh, 1 Timothy 3.15, the church of the living God is the pillar and ground of the truth. 1 Corinthians 1.21, the foolishness of preaching brings us from this general revelation of God that we have, um, just through the witness of nature and through the witness of the created order, there's a general revelation. But the foolishness of preaching uh, brings that general revelation home to individual men, women, and children around the world. And it still goes on today. It's going on right now as you're listening to this message. Amen and hallelujah. Um, but the foolishness of preaching brings us to a specific revelation of who God is and who we are and the, and the reality that we may have a natural life, but we are spiritually dead. We are spiritually fallen. And so we have a natural life going on. Um, you, know, um, we've, you know, we've got a heart that beats. We've got, we've got breath in our lungs. Um, you know, we're alive in the natural biological sense. And, and yet, at the same time, we are dead in the spiritual sense um, because we are fallen by nature, because we have this sin that comes out of us. First Timothy one eight, the law, when lawfully used, demonstrates that sin flows naturally from the human heart. It flows naturally from the human heart. You never have to learn how to lie. You never have to learn how to be proud. You never have to learn how to disobey mom and dad. You never have to learn how to steal. You never have to learn how to take the name of Jesus, take the name of God, and use it as a curse word, how to blaspheme. Uh, we, uh, we naturally worship, and for some bizarre reason, and that bizarre reason is the fallen nature, we are prone to worship anyone and anything other than Jesus Christ other than the Father. Hallelujah and amen. Uh, we, we are sinners. We are lost. And God reveals that. And that is the beginning of him drawing people to salvation. That's why I say hallelujah and amen. If God shows you that you're a sinner, if God shows you that you're lost and you believe it, hallelujah. Because God is not going to leave you there. God is not going to just say, ha ha, you're a sinner and back away and move on. No, he is going to draw you to Jesus, who is mighty to save, who is able to save, who is willing to save, by faith and by faith alone. Not by works, lest any man should boast, but it's by faith. Galatians 3, 4, the law is a schoolmaster that points us to Jesus, points us to Christ, so that we may be justified by faith. Justified by faith, made just by faith. Uh, because right now, the, the, the fact that we're spiritually dead, the fact that Adam fell and you and I were all in Adam when he fell, and so the entire human race fell with Adam because we were in Adam, because we can all trace our heritage and our lineage no matter what country you're in. Um, you can trace your lineage back to Adam. We can all do that. Um, you know, he was, you know, uh, you know, as the, um, you know, the, the first man. And so Adam, you know, we all came from him. We were all in Adam when Adam fell. Um, you might say that the entire seed of the human race was corrupted. And so we were born in corruption. 
We were born in sin, and it just sort of naturally flows out of us. God, hallelujah and amen, out of his love, did something about that. Out of his love, he did something about your sin. That was the cross. That was when Jesus became sin on the cross. That's when Jesus bore the wrath of God on the cross. He did something about your sin so that you will not have to experience one moment of condemnation. Instead, as John 6.44 says, I will raise him up at the last day. Amen and hallelujah. Um, you will be raised up at the last day. You will not be condemned at the last day because you will stand before the Lord in judgment. Everyone will. Um, but you who are in Christ, you who are forgiven, you who are born again, you who are made new, you who are under the blood, you are not condemned. No man can condemn you. No woman can condemn you. No child can condemn you. No demon can condemn you. You are not condemned because you are under the blood of Jesus Christ. You are justified in the eyes of God. You will not stand before the judgment seat of a man. You will not stand before the judgment seat of a woman. You will not stand before the judgment seat of Satan. You are beyond condemnation because the blood of Jesus avails for, for you. You are beyond condemnation because God the Father looks at you and he sees absolute righteous perfection. He has no reason to condemn you because he already condemned Jesus when Jesus became your sin. He has no reason to destroy you. He has no reason to kill you. He has no reason to cast you into hell because Jesus Christ died your death already and Jesus Christ bore the full wrath of God on his own shoulders for you so you will not experience one minute of that. This is how God moves. This is how God draws. Uh, God draws through the church as the teaching of God goes forward, as the word of God goes forward, as people preach the word of God, as people witness on the streets, as people declare the word of God, God starts to move through the preaching of his word. And amen and hallelujah. Um, you know, lost man, lost woman, lost child, God's going to reveal the fact that he exists. He's going to reveal the fact that he's holy. He's going to reveal the fact that, that you may be biologically alive, but you are spiritually dead, that your sin is real, and that your sin is an offense, and that to escape the wrath of God, and, 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 and friend, this is God's will for you. If you're lost, and you're wondering what God's will is for you, this is it. His will for you is to be born again. His will for you is to be saved. His will for you is to not be condemned. And friend, amen and hallelujah, there, there's a reality that Jesus hasn't returned yet because he is not willing that any should perish. He is willing to stretch the church age out for a while so that this good news can go forward, so that, this good, so that, so that people can hear the good news of Jesus Christ. And, um, and friend, it's a reality, I, I personally believe it's a reality, that when the gospel is going forward, when God is moving on people, when God is drawing people, and people are no longer responding um, in saving faith. People are no longer responding to the drawing of the Lord 
uh, with faith. Instead, they are responding with accusation. Instead of faith, they respond with accusation. Instead of faith, they respond with hostility. Instead of faith, they respond with manipulation. Instead of faith, they respond with mockery and scorning. Um, but friend, when people aren't repent, you know, when people aren't believing, when people aren't repenting, when people aren't getting saved, you know that you are in the last days of the church age. And you know that the rapture is nigh. And, and friend, that's, that's a reality. And it's a sobering reality. And at the same time, it's an encouraging reality. And we need to keep on preaching the gospel. Amen and hallelujah. And we need to look up for our redemption draws nigh. And, uh, but, you know, the point is, uh, rabbit trail, amen and hallelujah, I do that sometimes. Um, but, but God moves through the church, um, you know, um, and during uh, the time of the Gospel of John, um, when the Word was made flesh, He's walking among us, Jesus is walking among us, He's bearing witness to the truth, He's going about doing good, destroying the works of the devil. God was moving through Jesus. Jesus Christ died, Jesus Christ rose again, the day of Pentecost happened, and people were filled with the Holy Spirit. The church was brought into being. And so God is moving through the church. He's drawing people to Jesus through the Spirit-filled church. That's what's going on right now. That's what's going on during this time in history. And so we need to be preaching the Word of God because God is moving and God is drawing through that preaching. That specific preaching, that personal preaching, the personal revelation that goes on when the Word of God goes forward, that personal revelation of sin, that personal revelation of God's holiness, God's goodness, that personal revelation of the goodness and mercy of God following people around, the, 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 the providence of God that gets demonstrated um, on, on an individual level through the foolishness of preaching. You know, God is, I mean, you might be preaching on one topic and God is legitimately dealing with a person over there, not on that topic, but on something else. Um, not on that topic, uh, but on the fact that they're lost, on the fact that they're a religious hypocrite, on the fact that, you know, they, they say that they're born, that, that they, they say that they're a Christian, but they're not saved. They say that they're a Christian, but they're not born again. God's moving. I mean, you're preaching on, on say, uh, you know, just, you know, something like the creation or something like that. Uh, you're teaching something out of the Word of God. And simply by virtue of the fact that the Spirit is moving, and you can talk to my wife about this, um, uh, the joy, you know, if you don't have the joy of the Lord, then you need to be saved. And boom, God showed her that she was lost. And it was like hell opened up underneath her. Um, but the preacher is preaching, you know, just for a second on the joy of the Lord. God moves over here on somebody to show her that she's lost. Because this is a work of the Spirit. This is not a work of man. This is not a work of clever speaking. This is not a work of, um, of you know, playing on people's emotions. It's not a work on, it's, it's, not, it's not a good act. It's not a good show. It's not a good performance. But this is a, a, this is a legitimate moving of the living God, drawing people to salvation. That's what this is. That's why this is so important. And so that is why there is such a demonic hindrance against this. There is such a demonic hindrance 
um, when it comes to the very existence of the Holy Spirit these days. Uh, there's such a demonic attack going on there. There's a demonic attack going on against gospel-preaching people. Uh, there's, a gospel, there, there's a demonic attack going on against uh, Jesus-loving, gospel-preaching, gospel-believing churches. Uh, there's a demonic attack going on in the homes. There's a demonic attack going on in the church gatherings, in the church houses. Before the church gatherings, after the church gatherings, I've seen it, folks. Uh, there's a demonic attack going on against gospel-preaching people because the demonic is seeking to shut us up. That the Word of God does not go forward from us. Um, you know, how are they moving? Through accusation, through misdirection, through distraction, through unbelief, against church, against the church, yes, and against lost people. Why? Because when the gospel is preached, when the Spirit-filled church is preaching the gospel during the services, when the Spirit-filled church is preaching the gospel um, every other day of the week, when the Spirit-filled gospel is, when the Spirit-filled church is preaching the gospel, no matter where you are, you can be on a sidewalk, uh, you can be in the car with somebody, uh, you can be in a restaurant, you can be in a school, you can be in a place of work, uh, no matter where you happen to be, friend. Uh, you can be in your living room, amen and hallelujah. Um, but when the Spirit-filled church is preaching this, God is moving and drawing. God is moving and drawing. He's drawing people out of their sin. He's drawing people out of their death. He's drawing people out of the clutches of the enemy. And he's drawing people to life, eternal life, salvation, abundant life spirit-filled life. He's drawing people um, to real joy, to real hope, to, uh, to real peace, uh, to real joy, uh, and to, to real wisdom, uh, to real emotional healing, to real physical healing. Um, you know, we've seen that in our church. Amen. Um, um, he's drawing people to real reconciliation with each other. He's drawing people um, to, um, you know, to, and, and amen and hallelujah, the spiritual gifts are real. He's given the spiritual gifts, um, so that the church can be operating in the fullness of the way that it needs to operate in this generation. Because friend, there is a lot of demonic activity, uh, going on in America right now in 2021. And, um, amen and hallelujah. We've got 38 other nations listening to this. Uh, please do let us know how it is where you are. Uh, but friend, I see it a lot in America these days. There's a lot of demonic hindrance. Uh, the demonic has been given a lot of ground and the demonic has taken a lot of ground. And, and friend, um, you know, that's where the church needs an awakening. That's where this series needs to go forward. This series needs to be completed. Um, this series needs to be preached. Uh, this series needs to be played. Um, please do help us to do that. Um, but, but friend, it's an important thing uh, because when... Um, you know, and I want to say just one more time in closing, the Father draws people to Jesus through the Spirit-filled church. And so, friend, um, um, uh, we need to cleave to that which is good. Um, we need to cleave to Jesus. We need to cleave to the Lord. And amen and hallelujah. We need to believe uh, Jesus Christ in these days. And, and we need to uh, pray for one another 
uh, so that we may speak with boldness as we ought to in these days because bless God hallelujah and amen he still draws people to salvation and he does it through the foolishness of preaching and he does it through the church um, but amen and hallelujah we will continue this series um, in the next few podcasts and next few broadcasts as you're listening to this um, however you're, wa- you're watching this on video or you're listening to it in the audio uh, but amen I'm glad you're listening please do help us to continue to reach people um, spread this to whoever will listen and um, whoever won't listen, amen and hallelujah. But um, uh, but thank you so much for being a part of the program. Thank you for um, listening to the program. Um, and thank you for helping us uh, get the program out there. Uh, there are some things that we do on our end to reach more people. Uh, but I want to thank those of you who are helping us by sharing this. Uh, we can see that's going on um, in different cities and different towns around the world. And we thank you so much for that. Thank you for being a part of it. Again, please do reach out to us at redeemingthelost at iCloud.com. And uh, may the Lord richly, richly bless you. And I look forward to talking with you again soon.